You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I'll give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 10 of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. As always, I'm Joe Masiri. We've got Chris Portente and Greg Hoyle with us for today's podcast. However, we couldn't get our schedule straight, so they will be coming to us via a pre-recorded video feed, and I will be giving you my takes on their picks as we go throughout today's podcast. We're going to start today with Chris Portente, who has a lean in the Arizona Cardinals and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game as the Bucks host the Cardinals, four-and-a-half-point favorites in Tampa. Chris, take it away. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Week 10 in the NFL. Uh, last week, Week 9, we weren't spectacular. We held our own. Uh, we split our November trend games. We were spot-on in both our better-beware games, spot-on. And uh, as you know, of course, our wing foot lock, we didn't lose. We pushed, should have won, but uh, we didn't win because all kickers suck. Uh, if that kicker hits his game-winning field goal, uh, Seattle walks off with a three-point win. We're getting six points with Tampa Bay. Everybody's happy. Instead, they got overtime, blah, blah, blah. You know the rest, but we don't live in the past here. Uh, we live in the future, so let's move on to week 10. All right, we're going to start this week with the Arizona Cardinals, who are getting four and a half points on the road from those said Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The line opened up at six. Uh, I loved it at six. It's already down to four and a half. I still like it at four and a half, but hopefully it doesn't go any lower. Get on it at four and a half, and here's why. Um, the line opened up at six, like I said, down to four and a half, but here's here's the big things you need to know. The Buccaneers, they're 0-5 in their last five home games. 1-4 against the spread in those games. 0-5 in their last five home games, okay? Now, they went into Seattle last week, okay, and they had optimal, optimal, optimal uh, conditions because everything was trending towards them. All the numbers, they like to play there, the time zone, this, that. They had everything trending again, uh, for them. It's the reason why we put the hashtag on them last week. And still, uh, they only were able to come up with a push. They still couldn't find a way to win. Okay, so now they're going home uh, in a place where they haven't won in five games against a Cardinal team that I told you is real, real sneaky. Um, they've been playing better than most people think and better than what their record says. Okay, and the uh, the Cardinals are four and one against the spread in their last five road games. Four and one against the spread in their last five road games. Six and three against the spread overall. That's second best. Second best in the NFL. As far as covering the spread, the Arizona Cardinals are number two at doing that in the NFL. Okay, so for those reasons, I like the Cardinals and I like the points. Um, I don't see Jamison coming back with two good games. He had a really good game last week and again, still couldn't find a way to win. So take the points, take the Cardinals and the points in this one and uh, lock it up. Okay, so here are my thoughts on this one. I think that Arizona is definitely the right side in this game. As Chris mentioned, the Cardinals, one of the best teams in the NFL against the spread this season. And obviously, they've had a little more rest coming off that Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers than the Bucks, who have to go 
cross country from Seattle back to Tampa for this one. It's been a heck of a travel schedule for the Bucks. Now, we know that Jameis Winston is prone to turn the ball over. Patrick Peterson back. He obviously played in that Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. I think that was a little bit of a knocking the rust off game for Peterson. I think that he gets a pick off Winston in this one. And look, the ball bounced the way of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quite literally against the Seattle Seahawks when the touchdown that could have been an interception falls into the hands of a Bucks receiver that ends up pushing that game into overtime. And we end up losing because a kicker can't, or excuse me, pushing because a kicker can't hit a field goal at the end of regulation. I think coming back home this week, the little extra rest for the Arizona Cardinals, plus possibly the return of David Johnson and the addition of Kenyon Drake means that the Arizona Cardinals are able to keep this one within a field goal. If you're getting four and a half, as the case is currently, I say you got to jump on the Cardinals and roll with them as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Our next game up for you is from Greg Hoyle. The Detroit Lions are headed to Chicago to take on the Bears. Greg has a play in this one. I'll let him take it from here. What do you like, Greg? I'm going to take the points uh, with Detroit on the road. Um, I just really don't like this this Chicago Bears offense, and the Detroit defense has been playing really well. Um, so you, I think you get a team that you know, the Bears pretty much so they're they're kind of in a free fall, and now you got uh, Mitchell Trubisky basically saying he wishes the media. Um, you know, didn't didn't uh, didn't speak about their team because they don't understand their team. That means that basically it's hard to explain why they're as bad as they are, um, and it's it's really difficult to explain it from the quarterback position. So um, I'm going plus three. I get a lot more trust in the quarterback position there, and quite frankly, I mean, I think Nagy uh, really has to. It's either Trubisky's so bad or Nagy hasn't made any adjustments from last year or really just with a tougher schedule this year, they've come back down to earth. Uh, and Detroit's played better than I expected them to, and Stafford's been playing very well this year. So if I get three points in a division game, I'm going to take those three points. Um, so that's that's going to be my selection there for Detroit. Okay, Greg, I would love to be all over Detroit in this one with you, getting three in a division game. However, I cannot, only because Detroit's defense has been pretty terrible this season. And obviously, we know just a couple weeks ago, they traded away one of their best players in their secondary uh, over to Seattle. So I think that the Detroit defense is going to struggle in this one, but they don't have much to contain in that Bears offense that has struggled. Look, the play I would go in this one, the line has already moved down from 44 to 41 as far as the over-under is concerned. If I'm going to take a play in this one, I think I would probably go with the under 41 still. Uh, The line may have moved already too much for me to hop on that though. However, I, I think that Detroit's defense, not enough to hold up to the Bears. I look for them to actually put up some points. They seem to figure out a little bit against the Eagles in the second half. 
uh, a game that Chris was on. That one came down to a last-second field goal as far as the spread was concerned. So I'm going to pass on this one and say uh, if you're going to play a number, play on the total, play on the under, uh, as there's a lot of injuries, and I think the Bears' defense is going to stand up in a division game to make this a low-scoring one. All right, the next game we have on tap for you. Greg has a play in the Bills versus the Browns, which I am calling the squarest play of the week. I think that Greg is aware of that, but he's going with the Bills anyway. Take a listen to the explanation. So I brought up the Bills to you guys several days ago, um, and I still haven't heard anything. I'm on the Bills plus three, uh, and I think the deal with the Bills this year have been they lose to mediocre teams, and they beat bad teams. And there's been no evidence so far this year that the Browns are anything but a bad team. Their their you know defense isn't really playing all that well. Their offense is ranked in like the bottom six or seven in the NFL. Um, so, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, so when I'm looking at this matchup, the Bills are three and zero on the road. Um, the Browns haven't won yet at home this year, so that's an advantage on on my end. And I, I really just, you know, before when we we bet against the Bills and it was a seventeen point line, that was just too many points, right? Um, and and the Bills haven't earned that, but they also haven't earned being a three point road dog going into Cleveland, uh, where they've got just tons of issues. So um, I like the. I like the situation. There's no look ahead. There's potentially a little bit of a uh, divisional look ahead for the Browns, except for the fact that it's it's pretty much so a must-win situation every single time. But give me the three points. I like Buffalo on the field. I love them with the points. So that's what I'm going to play. Okay, so my take is I can't understand why the Browns would be favored against just about any team in the league at this point, let alone a Buffalo Bills team that has a defense that has shut down just about everyone. The one thing I will throw in there for you is that the Browns have been able to run the ball this season, uh, and with Kareem Hunt coming back for them, I think you've got two really good backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb who will be available for the Browns. That being said, Greg and I were discussing last week when they were taking on the Broncos that the Browns are a bad team that really shouldn't be favored against anybody. And the fact that they were was really just disappointing, especially on the road uh, against Denver. And they couldn't beat a rookie quarterback in that situation. That being said, I think that there is just something fishy about this line. There's no way that they should be favored against the Bills team that is six and two so far this season. I, I think the squarest play on the board is to is to go with the Bills. Um, and I think that there's something a little bit suspicious about it. I think that the Browns have been pretty successful when they go with uh, their two tight end sets, and I think they're gonna continue that this week uh, against the Bills. Look, I think that the Bills still win this game, but I feel like it's going to be one of those one-point wins where the Browns end up covering. The Bills' defense is one of the best in the league, but if there is a weakness for them, it's been the rushing game. They're allowing more than 110 yards a game, uh, which is like middle of the pack uh, in the league toward the bottom half. So I think that the Browns will try and exploit that. And the really, I, I look at the Browns' team a lot like I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' team. If Jameis Winston 
or in this case with the Cleveland Browns, if Baker Mayfield can avoid turning the ball over, then I think that they can have some, some success. The problem is Baker hasn't been able to do that all season. He's got seven touchdowns compared to 12 interceptions. Um, I, I think that maybe that that comes back down to reality a little bit, uh, and I think that the Browns are able to keep it close. But to be honest with you, if I was going to make a play in this game, I can't justify betting the Browns. Uh, the only way I would do it is saying it's one of those fishy line moves that you just can't play and you think somebody knows something that you don't. Uh, I couldn't give Greg a justification earlier in the week for the Browns being minus three or two and a half, three, depending on where you're seeing it in this game. Uh, but I'm not willing to go on the other side with the Bills in this one. So that's my take on that. The next game we're going to go to is Baltimore taking on Cincinnati. Now, Baltimore is at Cincinnati in this one earlier in the year when Cincinnati was at Baltimore. We told you we love the Raven, uh, excuse me, love the. Uh, Bengals in a backdoor cover situation. But let's see if Chris Portente is sticking to his guns in that principle in this one. The Baltimore Ravens are laying 10 on the road to Cincinnati. Now, if you recall, the last time these two teams faced off, um, we told you that Cincinnati would backdoor cover. And what did Cincinnati do? They backdoored covered, just like we told you. Um, this week, I personally think the Ravens are going to blow them out. Um, but all those reasons why we told you that the Bengals were going to backdoor cover last week, those last time they played uh, in week six, um, those numbers still hold true. So I feel safe taking the Ravens money line uh, this week rather than lay the points because of those reasons. Um, you're going to have to lay big wood to do so. But the Ravens winning this game is probably the safest bet in the NFL this week. So I don't mind laying the big wood to make a few shekels. You know what they say, sometimes pig, pigs get fat and hogs get floated. Slaughtered. So sometimes you got to lay some money to make, lay some big money to make a little money. But at the end of the day, you made some money. Um, and here are those stats again. Let me remind you of those stats. The Bengals uh, have now lost, including this week six game I told you about. The Bengals have now lost seven straight divisional games, um, and they are eight and four against the spread in the last twelve. But they are eight and four against the spread in the last twelve versus Baltimore. Okay, they find a way to cover against Baltimore. As bad as they are, losing seven divisional games in a row, they find a way to cover the spread when they play Baltimore. Um, just like they did in week six when they told you they would and we made some money. Um, the Ravens are just 3-13 and 13 against the spread in the past 16 games, including that week six game, uh, when they are favored by 10 points or more. Um, they were favored by 10 and a half points that game um, when Cincinnati backdoor covered and we had them. Okay, but, and here's the big but, in those games, 3-13 against the spread, 15-1 and one straight up. 15-1 and one straight up. And if you watch that game in week six, and never at any point did you think the Bengals were taking a lead or, or, or late in the game or winning that game. You never thought that. And you had to cross your fingers to get the backdoor cover, but all the numbers we gave you, all the stats we gave you held true, and they backdoor covered. Again, wouldn't be surprised if they don't backdoor cover this week and they get torched, but those numbers uh, rang true for us once, and I hate to go against them again, so I'd much rather lay the big wood to make a few, money, few dollars. So I'm going to go with the money line this week and the Baltimore Ravens. All right, Chris, I'm calling this the cop-out pick of the week. When you pick 
a 10-point favorite in a game as a money line winner, I mean, that, that's got to be a complete cop-out. You The, the risk-reward factor in there is terrible uh, as far as I'm concerned. Look, uh, I, I'm not laying the 10 with Baltimore in a division game on the road, uh, but that being said, I'm not taking the Bengals or laying the money line uh, in this one either, which I think is probably around minus 500. Here's the thing. Yes, the Bengals have a quarterback that we don't know who he is, and the problem with that is I don't think that the Ravens know who he is either. So while we might see the advantage in Andy Dalton being out of the game, even if the quarterback is less talented than Andy Dalton is under center, the thing is the Baltimore Ravens, who play the Cincinnati Bengals two times a year, know the tendencies of Andy Dalton at this point. So it's a little bit easier to predict what he might do. I don't think with Ryan Finley... Uh, I think that's his name, Chris, <laughs> under center. Um, I don't think they know his tendencies yet. And I always worry about an 0-8 team. Um, and there is word that A.J. Green might be back for this one. Not sure if that's going to happen. The other thing is I think this is a little bit of a letdown spot for the Bengals. You got them coming off that huge win on Sunday night against the Patriots. And the fact that I heard Lamar Jackson uh, was a little under the weather this week. I can't go and swing all the way around to to go to the Ravens in this one. My play would be take the Bengals plus 10 if I'm going to play this game at all, but the risk-reward for the money line just isn't worth it for me. All right, with that being said, we're going to move on to another game that both Chris and Greg have a play on. The Carolina Panthers are visiting the Green Bay Packers, the line pretty much between five and five and a half right now uh, out there. That's the Green Bay Packers favored by five or five and a half at Lambeau Field. They're coming off that embarrassing loss against the San Diego Chargers. Aaron Rodgers says that's exactly what they needed to right the ship. So how do you guys feel about this one? Okay, the Carolina Panthers this week are getting five uh, in Lambeau Field from the Green Bay Packers. Um, now, here's a November trend for Week 10. Here's the first and actually the only November, tre uh, November trend I have for this week. And believe it or not, since 2015, the Green Bay Packers are 1-5 straight up and 1-5 against the spread at home in November. Hard to believe. I know. Hard to believe. One and five straight up and one and five against the spread in November home games. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. On the flip side, the Carolina Panthers are four and one straight up, four and one against the spread in their past five road games. Two opposite sides of the coins, okay? Both of them favor Carolina. Also, Carolina has covered four straight games as a dog of five or more points at kickoff. Three and one straight up. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, they were getting six points um, from the San Francisco 49ers when they gave up a 50 and happened to be a week. We picked them as our hashtag Wingfoot lock. Uh, but if you also remember, at kickoff, that line went down to four and a half in some places four. It drastically dropped. Okay? So keep an eye on this line. If it stays at five or goes high, we're in good shape, okay? So um, I say we follow the November trend this week. Uh, we're going to take the Panthers. We're going to take the points. Uh, I personally, I'm telling you right now, uh, if you want to put a little sprinkle on the money line this week on the Panthers, 
Not only would I not be surprised, I, I kind of think the Panthers are in a spot this week. I think they're beating Green Bay this week in Lambeau. I think uh, I think the Panthers are going to win the game outright. Uh, I definitely, definitely love them getting the four and a half. All right? So the Carolina Panthers this week is a strong, strong play. Carolina is jumping out to me as well. Uh, just in this situation, I mean, I know the Packers are coming off that that big loss, right? So that's that's one of those things where you know don't uh, overreact to that. But nobody's overreact to it. They're still a five and a half point favorite. Um, Vegas hasn't overreacted to it. They've they're they're still giving me five points, or well, five and a half points, or five uh, in most markets. Um, and, and Carolina looks pretty good. I think the, the questions about who's going to be quarterbacking um, for the remainder of the season, I think those those questions are done. Um, I don't know that those things explain the big loss to the 49ers, um, but Carolina's been playing good under Kyle Allen. What's it, 5-1? and one. And if I'm getting five, five and a half points uh, on the road at Green Bay, um, I'll, I'll take, you know, I kind of like Carolina on the field. Um, if, if not with the five, five and a half points, basically the, the, if they follow the way to beat Green Bay, um, to a T, then they can do it. Uh, Carolina is set up to play football that way so I think in these games that we've watched exposure to the Green Bay Packers the Chargers ran all over them with a really subpar offensive line they just gashed them on the run and the Eagles did the exact same they they loaded up on the run and I think that's the 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 formula for winning that game and I think Carolina is equipped for that uh, quite frankly, I think they're better with that. And then they just, you know, kind of choose their spots there on play action to, to throw with Kyle Allen. Um, so I like that situation. Um, so from that side of things, I will take Carolina um, plus the I'm seeing it here. I'm just going to quote five and a half because I'm seeing it here at five and a half. OK, maybe I'm a little bit gun shy for a couple reasons. The last two times we took the Carolina Panthers in the wing foot locks. They let us down giving up more than 40 and more than 50 points defensively. Uh, I think this is a tough spot for them catching the Green Bay Packers coming home, coming off that just really flat game against the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I, I think that for everything on face value, this should be a really tight game. Green Bay has struggled a little bit. Uh, against the run. It's definitely been the weaker part of their defense as they've allowed um, about 133 yards per game on the ground. And you figure that Christian McCaffrey would be able to exploit that and the Carolina Panthers would be able to exploit that. Um, I think you're going a little bit to the cold weather in Lambeau. It's supposed to be pretty cold out there this week. So now we need to start paying attention uh, if we haven't been already. You should always be paying attention to the weather. But the weather is going to start to really play a factor in these games. But the thing about that is I think that running games are what end up traveling here. I think that the Panthers have the better running game of these two teams. And I'm a little gun-shy, so I'm not going to jump on board as adamantly as I think you guys are. But I think that the Carolina Panthers are the play in this one. That or pass, especially because I think the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback are the public play, and you know I love 
fading the public. All right, our next game that we're going to head to is the Los Angeles Rams heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. And the Rams right now, three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Chris Portente has a play that he likes. I'll let him take it from here. The Rams are laying three-and-a-half points this week on the road to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, now, we have some serious stats in this game. Serious, serious, serious stats in this game. So pay attention closely. First of all, Sean McVay has never, I repeat, never, we have stepped up our game from zero stats to never stats, okay? Sean McVay has never, I repeat again, never lost a regular season game to an AFC team. Since 2017, the Rams are 10 and 0. 10 and 0. You got that, Joe? Oh. 10 and 0 straight up and 7-2-1 against the spread against AFC teams. Okay? So we have a never, and we have some serious, serious numbers there, and we're not even done here. We're going to continue. Sean McVay also has never, I repeat, never lost a regular season game in the Eastern time zone. Never, ever, never, ever lost a a regular season game in an Eastern time zone. That's two never stats on the same team in the same game. Okay? They are 6-0 straight up and 6-0 against the spread in Eastern time zone regular season games. We're going to argue with those numbers? I'm not arguing with those numbers. Okay? But there's a flip side. When something always seems too good to be true, it usually is. And here's why. Steelers have lost three straight versus NFC teams, um, which that fares well if you like the Rams. But they are 5-1 and one against the spread in their past six versus NFC teams. So they're losing these games, but they're covering. Okay, And also the Steelers uh, have been three or more point underdogs uh, under at home. Okay, Three or more point underdogs at home under Mike Tomlin only five times. That's only happened five times where they've been playing at home and they've been an underdog at three points or more. Okay, In the previous four times that's happened, the Steelers are three and one against the spread. Two and two straight up. Okay, So for those reasons, for those reasons, I'm going to take the Rams this week money line rather than lay the three and a half points. But... We got two never stats on the same team in the same game. I'm not going against never stats. Okay, I could see a way maybe with the Steelers have strong enough numbers here to maybe cover this this spread and be you know come down to the wire in a last last field goal game or a couple of point different game like they played last week. Okay, but I like the Rams and their never stats. So uh, you know what they say, never say never. So that's why I'm going to go with the Rams money line this week rather than lay the three and a half points, okay? So Rams money line this week against Pittsburgh on the road. All right, Chris, so the first thing I got to say to you is never and zero are the same thing. I know it's your birthday week, buddy, and I'm giving you a hard time this week, but never and zero mean the same thing. So it doesn't matter that it's never happened before because that means it's happened zero times, as we like to say. Um, I think you're talking out of both sides of your mouth on this one. You're talking about all the advantages that Tomlin has had as a home underdog, and obviously you're talking about the advantages that 
uh, Sean McVay has had on the road. Uh, I get going with the money line in this one if you're going to play it. I think that both of these teams still have some, uh, well, a lot to play for. You're looking at the Rams, who if Seattle loses, uh, are right there in the NFC wildcard race, or actually even if Seattle wins uh, against the 49ers, then there's a lot to play for there still in that division. And the Steelers have that division still within reach at the 4-4 and coming into this one. I see that the line is moved to 4, Rams minus 4 in some places, and I'm definitely not willing to lay 4 with the West Coast team uh, coming east for this one. The good thing is it's a 4 o'clock start for the Rams, which I think helps benefit them uh, a little bit in here. When I look at the talent on both of these teams, this really shouldn't be a close one, and I would go with the Rams. Uh, But based on all the numbers that you gave me, I think that the the money line is the play. Right now I'm seeing it at Rams minus 200, so shop around, look for that. But for me, this one's a a stay-away game. I think this is going to be hard for it. I think this one comes down within a field goal. If I'm playing the number, I think I'll take the four with the Steelers. If I'm going to uh, go your route, I think you just just pick a winner. I'll take the Rams in this one and, and lay the 200. I think this lands on a field goal either way. All right, our next game is probably my favorite pick of the week, not because I think that it's a surefire winner, but you really got to admire somebody who sticks with the Miami Dolphins as Greg has this season. Uh, he's been pretty accurate with them the last couple weeks, and he is on them again as they head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Go ahead, Greg. I'm going Miami uh, plus the 11. Uh, you know, Hoyer didn't look bad, and I think you can do a lot worse than Brian Hoyer as a backup, but. The Dolphins have have looked pretty good um, the past couple of weeks, which is kind of funny to to say. But they've been they've been covering and they've been in every game, or they've been you know good for a back end cover in um, those games. So uh, beating the Jets and then that that Pittsburgh game, they got out to a nice win. They've been they've just been putting up enough points that if you're getting double digits with them. Um, I'll take the points. So you got Fitz, Fitz, uh, Gerald versus Hoyer, uh, and I like that. And I like that they got their first win. So um, you know, I like the Colts to win, but uh, double digit points I think is way too many. Greg, I love this pick this week. Uh, I I mean, if you are buying the Miami Dolphins high. This is the time to be buying them high. Uh, So you're probably not getting the best price on the Dolphins, given the fact that they're coming off their first win of the season against the Jets in a game where I'm going to say that the Dolphins looked good in comparison to a Jets team that was uh, not getting snaps out of the shotgun correctly, that was just giving up sacks left and right. Uh, So compared to the Jets, the Dolphins looked good last week. I will throw in the fact that they're playing a backup quarterback in Brian Hoyer. You know that I think Brian Hoyer is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I don't think the guy gets credit. I think he could have made it as a starter um, if he had had a better situation around him throughout his career. However, one thing that has been absolutely true this season is that You bet against the Indianapolis Colts when T.Y. Hilton is not in the game. He is out this week with a calf. I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to pull off the upset as they go into Indianapolis. 
However, I do think that they managed to keep it close enough. Uh, ten and a half or eleven, depending on where you see it out there. Obviously, eleven's a little bit better, but ten and a half not a key number. So he's getting it more than ten. I like going with the Dolphins there. And we talked about the bad sushi. Had they had let us down, they've been blown out in so many games. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback. I like that you got guys in there right now who are not the starters, who are fighting for jobs in the NFL, right? There's one thing when you know you're good enough to be in the NFL and you're on a bad team and just don't want to be there anymore. It's another thing when you are hungry and you're just trying to show either the Dolphins or another team in the league that you are capable of playing in the NFL and so you will be playing hard. I don't think there's any quit in this team. Uh, this week, or at least these players, I should say. I don't think there's any quit in these players this week. I think they keep it close against the Colts, and I like the Colts to run out the clock uh, a little bit in this one with that running game. Over under 43.5 might take a play on the under in this one as well. I'll go with the Dolphins and take the 10.5 points if you can get it. And that brings us to our wing foot lock of the week. Obviously, it has been a 500 season so far for the Wingfoot Lock. A push last week is exemplary of what this season has been for the Wingfoot Lock. But I will tell you that whether you win or lose, don't tell me you're on the right side of the game. If you lost, the winning side is always the right side. We don't make any excuses about a push. So this week, we are going back to the Seattle Seahawks game as they play on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Portente, who do you like in this one and why? Okay, here we go. Seattle is getting six and a half points on the road from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, last time we put we went against the San Francisco 49ers, it happened to be a wing foot happened to be a wing foot lock that we put on the Carolina Panthers, and Carolina gave up 50. But you know what? I'm going back to the well because I have some serious, serious numbers here. And this is why I like Seattle getting six and a half points. First of all, over the past 30 years, San Francisco is 21 and five straight up in Monday night games. 18, seven and one against the spread. OK, I personally believe that a lot of those stats are from San Francisco's golden years. OK, all their golden years are represented in that stat. And maybe they're about to be golden again, and that's possible. But let me tell you something right now. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson in this spot, he's platinum. Has been platinum, and I'm pretty sure he will be platinum. And this is why. Since 2013, Russell Wilson is 8-2-1 straight up and 7-3-1 and against the spread in road primetime games. Those are serious numbers right there. Also... The Seahawks are 9-1 versus San Francisco in their past 10 games. 9-1. Okay? Now, this is only the sixth time. This is the stat I love. This is the stat I love, and this is really why I'm taking this team this week. This is only the sixth time Russell Wilson is a dog, an underdog, of six or more points. And in the last five of these six times, the Seahawks are 5-0 and against the spread, Two and three straight up. Five and oh. Five and oh against the spread when Russell Wilson is an underdog of six points and more. And two and three straight up. They've actually won a couple of those games. Okay? So this is what I'm telling you right now for the wing foot lock in week 10. Take Dangerous and the Seahawks 
with the points and lock it up. That is Week 10's Wingfoot Lock, Seattle on the road against the undefeated San Francisco 49ers and Russell Wilson putting on a primetime show against Jimmy Garoppolo and hanging tight. Maybe they can sneak out a win. I'm not sure, but I know they're covering this six and a half points. And that's this week's wing foot lock. Okay, Chris, I am right there with you in this one. Uh, we're talking about a division battle here between a seven and two team and an eight and no team. Look, I have not been high on Seattle this year, but I said last week one of the reasons I really like them against Tampa Bay is because I thought it was a look ahead game uh, to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, excuse me, to the San Francisco 49ers in that division rivalry. And so if they looked ahead, well, this is the game they were looking ahead to. Now, normally you would think that the San Francisco 49ers have a little bit of an advantage here, and they do because they're coming off a little extra rest. Uh, playing on the Thursday night game against the Arizona Cardinals. But I still question the health of some of the offensive line there. Also, we know that Robbie Gold is out for this one. He's been a very reliable kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. And without him, maybe you're not kicking a field goal. Maybe you're kicking a field goal that you miss or an extra point. We know how valuable those have been. And then also, George Kittle, their stud tight end, is doubtful for this game. So with that, if you can get the Seahawks, especially plus the 6.5, I really like it in this one. I think that this is going to be a close game either way. I wouldn't be shocked if the Seattle Seahawks go in to San Francisco and upset them. There's a lot to be said when you've played a team before and you've beaten them before. There's not a huge turnover in personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. And also, Jimmy G looked great in his last game. I think that he's due to have one of those bad games where he has a couple of the turnovers. I think that at least keeps it close. If not, the Seattle Seahawks managed to win in this one. Excuse me, I'm holding in a little bit of a burp there. That's why I'm making that awkward face. I think this game is going to be uh, uh, really close. Um, I think both teams want to run the ball. So one other thing that I might look at is playing the under in this game. Right now I see it at 47.5. But with that said, I am all in favor of the wing foot lock the Seattle Seahawks plus six and a half out there. So let's review the picks for you one more time. This week, right now, Chris Portente likes the Arizona Cardinals over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take the points in that one, he says. He says take the Baltimore Ravens money line, uh, the Carolina Panthers plus the points. Greg Coyle on that one as well, and I'm on that one as well. Uh, he likes the Los Angeles Rams money line over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, of course, the wing foot lock of the week is the Seattle Seahawks plus six and a half. Greg likes two road dogs, the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills plus three. He also likes the Miami Dolphins plus 11 as they head into Indianapolis. So those are the picks for week 10. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy the games and we hope we got plenty of winners this week. We're going to start the streak 4-4-1 four, four, and one so far through nine weeks. The wing foot lock will end positive and that starts this week. Get on board. Let us know your thoughts and please don't forget to like, share, review, all that good stuff, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Please tell your friends, and otherwise we just have some fun. So for Chris Portente, Greg Hoyle, and myself, Joe Masiri, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Wingfoot Locks. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then, everybody.